Hi, Steve. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. How are you? You're, you look. You look all prepared today. It's. I'm proud of you. We got feedback. Yeah, yeah. I got a little. You, you got feedback. Next year, maybe next week, I'll even have a haircut, my Easter haircut. So by maybe by the third week, I'll have this thing figured out. As long as it's not. Are you going to go back to that person that that messed it up last time? That what? Didn't didn't somebody mess it up? Didn't you ask for like? Oh a, yeah, that's why. Yeah, yeah. We're still yeah. Yeah, yeah you're it's, still it's not as bad that. as I thought. Okay. But yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. Uh, anyways, this is the Stuff Summer Says podcast with Steve. Steve, we've got we've got we're we're in video format now and audio format still, and we're gonna come to the metaverse next. That's our next. Ooh. No, we're not. I have no okay, clue. Good. I have That's no good. clue how that would work. <laughs> um, I also don't even own anything that does that stuff. So that's fine. We'll get there some other day. Um, but we've got a good show, I think. Uh, we've got a couple things to catch up on related to Penn State basketball. We'll also talk about the NCAA tournaments. Mints there. Um, and then I, I wrote down UCF, but I met UFC and WWE kind of combining. <laughs> so U, UCF and Orlando is not combining with WWE. Um, and then this week's old guy, young guy, very spring, very, very related to the season. Uh, cool. So you ready? Yes, sir. Can't wait. Don't have to wait. Here we are. Hey, perfect. Um, I, I'm I'm actually not going to go on a diatribe to start today. I'm gonna I'm gonna put the ball in your court. Um, uh-huh. Steve, how do you feel about Mike Rhodes? It's not awful. <laughs> that for high praise, right? Um, he was probably the best guy out there for them, right? Like, proven track record, been in the tournament. Not super sexy, but I don't know who super sexy is. Pennsylvania native, um, small college background, right? So that sounds endearing. Um, although in this world anymore, I don't know that that matters, right? Like we're gonna, we're gonna, we, we are now we as in Penn State basketball are now VCU North. Like everybody's came, everybody showed up, like everybody's made the trip. Um, I think it's not a. It doesn't feel like a bad hire. It just it's not like. They, they made some season ticket sales because he had some friends apparently who bought tickets and family members. So that's great. Um, but I don't have a lot of dislike for it. I did, I think it was a good, safe, right hire, I guess. That's about you, where you look the, unconvinced. No, though. that's about where I'm at with it too. Like it, I don't think someone had jokingly said Jay Wright for Penn state basketball coach. And I and just like, actually, I don't think that person was joking. I, I'm pretty sure they listened to this podcast. Um, but I don't think they were joking, but like, let's, let's play that joke out a little bit. Like, I don't even think Jay Wright would make me excited if he came to Penn State basketball, just given how everything kind of shook out. Um, it's a very awkward time if this is for a team or program that a school, I guess probably would be the best way to say it, that probably doesn't lose coaches very often, whether it's football, you've really only had two changes in my lifetime basketball really only well two and a half changes over the course that i've really been paying attention and even even lady lions basketball has relatively been the same you know volleyball has been relatively the same um but on both sides uh it it just feels weird and so i don't think there's anyone that could, could make me excited 
I'm not overwhelmed. I'm not underwhelmed. I'm very much whelmed. Like a like a nice nice medium if on if it was a steak. Um, I I I don't know. Again, like I don't know that much about the basketball aspect of all of this. I think he is a good coach. Um, he's got like looking at the stats and resume. He's he, he's very much there. You look at some of this defensive prowess i guess is what what makes him him um i'm fascinated to see how that plays out in the big 10 which doesn't always play out as it like I, I feel like that was kind of chambers's mo to a degree and that didn't play out very well i think he's a better recruiter than chambers i don't know if he's a better recruiter than micah um but yeah i i just it didn't really do a whole lot for me and i think no offense to him he seems like a nice guy i, I just yeah Okay. Yeah, like I, I don't, I don't. They could have gotten it wrong. They didn't. I mean, he's the right guy at the right time. The thing that was most, the, the thing that stuck out to me about the news conference, I don't know that he won the news conference. He played it well. Like he did all, hit all the right spots, did all that. Like I didn't come out of the thing. Oh my god, uh, uh, sign me up for tickets. This guy has got me impassioned and ready to go. And here we go. Um, the thing that stood out most to me about the news conference was Pat Kraft shutting down the question about like the process. Like somebody, I think it was John Sauber from the CDT asked about the process, like the timing of the the, the, the search and what was going on. He's like, we're not going to talk about that. We're not going to, and and I don't know what I'm, what I was missing there about why that was such a bad thing. Like, Hey, we talked to him. We started talking to him after this, or yeah, we had conversations before because now it's come out that Michael was talking to Notre Dame. Well, before. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But I, I don't know what was bad about that. That just felt weird to me. Like I don't, and I don't know why that wasn't a, a, a fair a topic for fair game. But otherwise, I thought everything was hit all the right notes. Pictures of the family and video of the family in the in the crowd. Somebody's getting a bunch of VCU clothing somewhere from Goodwill in whatever town VCU <laughs> is, and they're gonna change their attire to blue and white. You, know? you don't know what town VCU is in? Uh, no. It's Richmond. It's, it's in Richmond. There you go. There you go. There you go. Um, yeah, the 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 press conference was interesting, and it wasn't interesting from the Mike Rhodes standpoint. It was interesting from the Pat Kraft standpoint because this was the first time he really kind of had to face the music, so to speak. And I didn't feel like there was any music for him to hear. Um, I, just outside of that, really, that one question. I don't know if I would have asked those types of questions, but I was expecting given how much animosity, I guess, has built up lately over things. And I think maybe some of that is the people that would be in that room asking that question know that NIL stuff isn't crafts. It is, but it isn't his responsibility. Um, and I think that may be played into it. Um but yeah, I, for introductory press conferences go, it was very ho-hum. Um, didn't make me, nothing Mike Rhodes said made me really want to run through a wall type thing or be re, reunited nobody, by Penn State basketball. There were no turnovers. There were no, there was nothing bad about it. It was just, it, it was okay. And it, and it was an, it was an announcement. That was the other thing. It wasn't a news conference, right? Because there's the, the people in the media sitting right next to the family and friends. And that's how you do it, right? If you're the person yeah. who's controlling the show, like you make sure that that's there and there's not going to be any tough questions or negative questions because you're sitting next to his father-in-law, right? Or the kids, right? You're just not going to toss those questions out. Um, and you know, you're not getting an answer in that setting too. So I get it. And I don't know what questions there are, but I, that's always interesting to me when they do these rollout things, when you've got the alumni and the fans and whatever else along with the media 
nothing's going to come out of there that matters. So, and as long as nothing comes out of there that, that's embarrassing, which it, which wasn't, then it's a W. So there you right. go. He's got his first W. Um, where was I going with that? Yeah, that's a that's a good point about the the setting. I, I think that also plays into uh, a factor or is a factor into it. Um, I know where I was going. Steve, you are an older alum comparatively to me, so you know about Joe Crispin's playing days. Why are so many people so fired up about Joe Crispin coming back? Because I don't, I don't get it. I, okay. Maybe I do get it. I don't know. I think it's. I don't know that I'm fired up. I thought it was a good addition, although like he's got his whole staff, so I it, he feels Joe Crispin feels more like a token hire now. That's what I thought. Then he, then you know, I mean, I think that's kind of what it is, and this is certainly a better gig than a division than a division three head coaching spot, right? Um, but Steve Jones said it somewhere between coaches that his requirement, his his hope for the coach, the next coach, is that they want to be here and do their job as much as he wants to be here and do his job, um, which I think Crispin gives a little bit of leg- legitimacy to. It makes it, makes it all seem a little less transactional, carpetbaggery, here's the next big gig. They, they've got a coming home story to it. So I, I you know, because his title is what? like Assistant I, it, to the head coach. Right. Like, so it, like, it, it, it might as well say token Penn Stater, right? I mean, realistically, I mean, and not to dismiss him, hell of a player, apparently a nice guy. Um, but when you bring the whole VCU staff and him, he's just there to help Penn State people feel excited that he's part of it, right? Now, again, maybe assistant to the head coach is how you get another body to help it crack. I mean, that's how they're doing. You know, they get around the rules, they have bigger staffs now, they call them whatever. Yeah, I'm not over the moon about it, but I think it's good to have a presence in this world that's ever changing because we don't do a lot of change here, as you said, you know, so it, it gives a little bit of at least a tip of the cap at some stability, maybe. Other thing that fascinated me, let me hold on, let me back up there and give an opinion. I, I just, <laughs> Let me let me spin a conspiracy theory. I really feel like he was hired like as a you need to hire him just just in case you leave so that we've got the next guy on the on the the staff already type thing. Right, or somebody who's there, right? Right, because if if it wasn't him, because the other names that came up, you know, like when I was throwing out thinking of Danny Earls at what UT Chattanooga, who's now a head coach, right? Like if you're looking for a Penn Stater, as if being a Penn Stater matters with our rich basketball tradition, right? Like that you got to have somebody. Um, but yeah, it just felt like he was part of the deal. Yeah, that's, just like a, a home and home series was part of the deal, right? Like, yeah, that was which that was kind of bizarre, funny. It gave me something to laugh about. I've never heard of that. Good for VCU. Like, let's you're taking a coach. We at least want some revenue coming back right. back this way. And I'm sure that that game will probably be a sellout for them or close to a sellout at home yeah. because it's a huge deal for them. Um, so I thought that was interesting. There was another thought I just had um, related to uh, basically like I thought the other key interesting thing that came out of all of this, the contract showed up day one. Like we mm-hmm. we never got Micah Shrewsbury's contract. It you used to have to fight tooth and nail to get um, uh, to get Pat Chambers's contract. Even James Franklin's contract is like kind of not been the easiest thing to get, and it seems like maybe now we've turned that corner. I, I I don't know why I, it's very much like TV ratings and we can discuss that when we get to the tournament and stuff, but I don't know why we necessarily care about that, but I think we should. And 
getting it right off the bat maybe said i maybe that was like a slight little peace offering to penn state fans of yeah i mm-hmm. screwed this up so let's here's here's this little cookie that'll that'll shut up some people i think um i don't know i i thought that was interesting because i also now wonder and i i, ha- I have to go back and read all of the stuff around it basically penn state's really only required to to release the football and men's basketball salary, I think, is how it's written in like the charter so that Penn State can still get money. It all relates to like Sunshine Act type stuff. Um, you probably know better than I do, but uh, we ne- that's why we don't see like Kale Sanderson's contract or Guy Godowski's contract um, or even like really any coach that's been at Penn State outside of men's basketball and football. And so I'm interested to see if that changes. Like, are we going to start to find out Guy Gadowski's contract and how, like how many years it is and how, how much it's worth? Same with Kale Sanderson. I think, I think at least the revenue producing sports, we should get those contracts. When, when OB was hired and they announced him at the Nittany Lion Inn, they handed out his contract and the details in, in, in pretty much that same two-column format that I saw for, for, for the basketball coach last week um, of, you know, year and whatever else. And they talked about men's basketball would also be released going forward. And there was, maybe well, there wasn't a third, I don't know. But that was supposed to change when OB came and it, and it didn't, right? It just didn't, we, because we were, at that point, we, Penn State, were very much in post-Sandusky. We're going to be transparent. We're going to tell you what's going on. God, the world thinks oh, the ill of us and we're going to share everything we can. And I think by the time then they got to Chambers, they're like, oh, well, nobody's really asking. So like, we can just keep doing what we were doing. So I'm not really sure why they opened the books on this one. But I think all of them, like at least the revenue producing, because you're asking people to pay their own money to support these things. I mean, ticket holders are bigger stakeholders than anything else. And the hoops you have to jump through to go through and look for it. I mean, you can find it. I have a list. I think it's sitting over there on a piece of paper um, of what they were like four years ago, right? Like here's all the head coaches contracts. But you guys got to really look for them. It just shouldn't be that hard. Like it just mm-hmm. shouldn't be. But well, and it also needs is. to be point blank. Like you and I could probably find out, but, and maybe an average Penn State fan doesn't, but like if you don't really have any ties to the university, it might be hard for you to find out type thing. Um, what? Yeah. I mean, I forget what's on the, on the um, national, whatever the education association or whatever, whatever one it is, it's national. It has some of that stuff, but I don't think it's super hard, but it just shouldn't be. Like here, they, here's here's what we did. Here's what we yeah. got. Like you know, it's an easy win. Like I, anytime a contract's resigned, I'm, I mean, I'm sure Guy Gadowski's probably gone through. He's now been there what? Geez, now eleven years. This will be his twelfth season. So I'm sure he's had at least two contracts in in between, mm-hmm. or at least one contract extension in between there. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe maybe probably two. Um, so uh, I think that's one. And like I said, the kale thing, we, we still don't know kale's big contract from last year. And for a state slash school that is so desperately obsessed with wrestling, you think you'd want to know what the greatest wrestling coach of all times contract is and be transparent about it. And, or it's funny. I think people, some people, me and other people are like, who cares? He's winning, right? Like, why do we care? You know, you don't know what I'm making as a plumber, like supporting the team and buying my season tickets or as a business owner. So it's it's one of those things where I think people would argue it out of both sides of their mouth, depending on when you were asking them, you know. Right. But yeah, I just don't think it it should be super hard. They're they're good, prominent gigs. 
they're not getting state money for them, but they're getting people's hard-earned money to pay for them. But even right. more directly, they're getting people's money. So how much am I paying you? Right. Um, okay. Um, I, and, and back to right. basketball, I, I, the thing that I thought was weird with the contract is I don't understand. I mean, I guess seven years in, he's either good or he's not. And you either want to keep him or he's gone, or maybe he's got an extension. I don't understand why the buyout would ever be less than the year salary. Like it just doesn't make sense it, to me, right? I, I don't get that. That just doesn't yeah. make any sense at all. No logic whatsoever. Why would somebody be able to come and get him for less than what you were gonna pay for him? I, I don't get that. Um, let me pull up the contract here. Let me look at this real quick. Um, it's in the article. I, I don't understand that. I've never understood that. I, I I don't know. I also want to know, and maybe you know. What is supplemental pay versus base pay in in these contracts? Because I used to think that that was like the Nike aspect of it, essentially. Yeah. Like I think like, so too. I think that's Nike. That's TV revenue. They probably found okay. some different ways to like be able to say, "Here's your base, and here's some more." Gotcha. And they probably have a couple of different places okay. for the for the more, so that when everybody says, "What's your base salary?" It's less than some other people's, so you don't look like you're paying them so much. Yeah, I guess I guess if you get to year, so from year four to five, it goes from six million to three million in terms of buyout. Um, overall compensation from year. F- oh wait, hold on. So yeah, so basically year five on, the contract is more expensive than the buyout. Um. I don't and know. I guess by that point, you've either renegotiated if they're good. I, yeah. Or you I, know they're sucking if somebody, you know, you're not happy yeah. if somebody wants to get them out off your off your hands for less than what you're paying them. So what? But I just, it just seems weird that you'd ever have the buyout be less than what you were going to pay the person. You can tell it's structured though, so that this doesn't happen again. I mean, the buyout's 12, or I'm sorry, is 15 million, then 12 million. And yeah, it's then not happening in the next two yeah. years. <laughs> no Maybe even three. Yeah. Right. They're not, they're not in the next two or three years. Nobody's taking them, swooping in and getting them unless they really want them. So let me ask you this question. This was kind of my ultimate question for you. How many years do you think Mike Rhodes will be the basketball coach at Penn State? Uh, let's go over under five and a half. Ooh. Over. Yeah, I think I'm at over two. Like I, I don't think he's going anywhere. For whatever reason, people love when a, a state guy has the head coaching job in said state. I don't think he's probably going to want to move away from that. Um, I don't know. I mean, two years to be good might be tough again. I mean, I, I not that that's hard, but it's, you know. It's doable, though. Past it's, two years. Like, this thing. past year, they just had everything went right at the end. Not they weren't. They should have probably been good earlier in the year and been consistent. But I think that's tough to be looking at a tournament in two years, right? So then and you're not going to run them off. It's only been two years. So. I don't know, but yeah, I'll, I'll go the over on that. Okay, I think that's about where I'm at with it too. All right, um, do you want to talk about the men's tournament or the women's tournament first? No, Penn State's got a better chance to get in the men's tournament, so let's start there first. Okay, let's start there. Um, let's talk about the the final four. Uh, I thoroughly, once again, enjoyed the final four broadcast. There wasn't really anything. I know I have an expectation of it and it's, I it always meets that expectation, never exceeds that expectation, but it always meets that expectation. I thought the final four was great. I thought, you know, especially the, the San Diego state, uh, the San Diego state game was fantastic. Um, the, the Miami and um, 
the other team that played in the basketball game? UConn. Okay. UConn. That game was a snooze the fest. One, I, the team that won that game. Yeah. The next game? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That team. Um, that game was an absolute snooze fest, and I turned that game off. Um, so pretty, pretty much, pretty late. Not late, but midway through the second half. Um, so that that's doesn't really matter to me. But I think the topic that kind of got crushed by the fact that the game was so interesting was the fact that that San Diego state was playing FAU and nobody going into the game was going to watch it. And it turns out to be this incredible game. I ask you this question. This might direct us off into a different direction. Do sports TV ratings matter to And Should they matter? Oh, they matter because they, 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 they matter because they control dollars, right? They set ad rates for the future. Um, they, they influence contracts going forward. That game saw a bump. That game was actually the better of the two semifinals in terms of people watching. So people were intrigued. And even though the, the final championship game drew the lowest rating ever, I think it was still better than, I think almost every, I think I saw this somewhere, it was better than every game of the NBA finals the past year, right? So yeah, so it's it matters because it, it shows that people are, are interested in your product. You know, if nobody's watching or nobody's paying attention, then it's not worth as much nobody's going to invest in it nobody's going to care it's it's the women's sports argument although not the one we're going to have next about women's basketball but like if nobody's watching women's sport you know people always champion women's sports hey you got to watch you got to do whatever people can turn it on and find some stuff and and they don't right so maybe people aren't as interested so ratings matter you know they whatever it was 14 almost 14.7 million people watched the, the the final game of the final four um again lowest one lowest rated game ever but still won the night probably gonna you know be the highest rated sporting event of the week so it, it's still like in this world of, of changed where how people changing how people watch stuff it's still a very valuable commodity even though people will beat on it i think it's something that you and i are interested in that's why we have this podcast i i think caring about it like going into the game is weird i think it's always fascinating though like I, I once the actual number comes in that's when it gets interesting to me i'm never gonna like sit here and guess oh i think the super bowl is gonna have x number of people watching it's gonna be dead like like that's not fun to me that's not why i enjoy having these conversations mm -hmm. to me it's how many people tuned in and why was it down okay well San Diego State isn't that interesting, maybe not that much of a brand. UConn, relatively a blue blood, but still maybe not the national appeal. Like it's really only a regional blue blood more so than like a Duke or a UNC that's always going to, you know, crush it in reading. So um, to me, no, I, I, I think, I think I'm in between there um, that sometimes they matter. They matter after the fact, like they matter once they happen because then you can actualize on them. Um, going in, I don't think it matters at all. But, um, no, and people knew that it was going to be down. I mean, people weren't wrong who said it was going to be low rate and poorly watched. And, and I think they matter. They matter matter to a, rel a comparatively small, comparatively small cohort of people, right? General fans don't care, but if casual fans don't care, but if you know years of ratings and years of of poor stuff happen and, and games are no longer airing at a certain time or has done stuff, then, then it ends up impacting. That's just not going to be something that happens with basketball because as much as people talk about a new tournament this year, next year, you could have Kansas, North Carolina, Duke, and 
you know, UCLA in the final four, who knows? Cause it's just, it's just going to be so changeable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sorry. So that was last or Monday night was the least watched national title game since Villanova, Michigan. Um, but that game was on Turner. Um, right. This game was on CBS. Um, so you usually get probably maybe probably about 4 million or so just naturally because maybe 3 million uh, just naturally because it's, it's CBS. Um, so uh, let me ask you one other question. Uh, the first off thought one shining moment was fantastic this year. Um, some years it's been off lately and I felt like they really like actually took a nice time with it this time around. Um, did you want more Jim Nance stuff or were you, did you get enough? No, I got enough. And actually my question for you is, will you miss him? Like, and I guess I hadn't paid enough attention. I I thought he was leaving, leaving. He's just leaving basketball, right? Yeah, like he's, he's just leaving you know, basketball. Yeah. Okay, so what is that? Eight weekends a year for him? Well, I mean, realistically, you know, because he talks about spending time with his family and wants to invest, but okay, not this weekend because he's going to Augusta, <laughs> right? You know, I he's going to have the same time from Augusta to football every year. I, I I, just I think that's part of it. I think that's part of it. I think it's the fact that you're really doing three weekends in a row um, of back to back to back of basketball. And then you go to Augusta, which, oh, darn, you have to go to Augusta. Right. Um, but to me, I will miss him. We had this conversation recently. Like to me, he is a bat. Like I think of him as a basketball announcer, like he does mm-hmm. football, but I enjoy him most on basketball. So, yes, I will miss him. He's been the voice of the tournament pretty much the mainstay of the my tournament enjoyment that being said when kevin harlan probably rolls in there next year i you know or whoever it is probably kevin harlan i'm that like that i enjoy him just as much like i it'll it'll feel weird at first very much how like um the world series felt a little little different this year with burkhart um but then then by game you know five i was like okay this is fine this is not like I'm just watching a baseball game and it's Kevin Burkhart talking to me. Um, So I I was surprised that they didn't have like, I missed the thing on CBS, like the, uh, the like little like round of applause thing. Um, I was surprised they didn't have any little things during the national title game more. So Um, his sign off was, was actually kind of emotional and there was something else. Oh, and then he was in one shining moment very briefly. And I think thought they did a nice job of not making it about Jim Nance when they, Mm -hmm. Very well could have made. And he very like well that. could have said, hey, "Don't you know, show him. Yeah, don't exactly. This type I, don't, thing. I don't need to do anything special that night." So, yeah. Okay. Um, I want a bracket poll, Steve. I I don't want to. It's the first time. Men's I've, or women's? Men's. Really? Yeah. What percentage were you in? Like, what was the winning? What was like? What percentile was the winning bracket in? I ha- I have to look. I had one of the four Final Four teams right, okay. and then I had San Diego State in the national title game. You did? Yes. Wow. So, good, yeah, good on yeah. you. So that's the Beautiful. first time, first time in my life there. Um, How many brackets did you have? Two. Okay. Yeah. That's not One on ESPN. Either. One on ESPN because I did it through uh, Corey Listoki, who hosts uh, Hardcore PSU Football, um, his his podcast group. And then I did one, the Frederick Keys do one, where they give you, if you beat, if you finish in the top three, you can get like, four box seats to a frederick keys game okay. basically so I, was, yeah. I, I didn't win but i forget there's something else you can win um so yeah anyways i wanted to brag about that real Good quick job. 
Thank you. Um, speaking of bragging, I think women's bat or and Penn, not Penn State women's basketball, but the NCAA women's basketball tournament has a very big opportunity to brag about how well they've done. And um, I have to say, I've never seen more people plugged in and tuned into women's basketball, college women's basketball at the tournament than uh, I saw um, over the weekend. I found myself sitting here on Friday night watching um, some of the games. And then I watched a little bit of the game on Sunday as well. Um, the national title game, the probably the decent chunk of the second half. Um, and apparently everybody else did because it was the highest rated um, national title game. Hold on. Let me find the number. I think it was 9.9 million was what I saw. Um, yep. And it peaked at 12.6 million. So um, I forget what the, the men's type. Let me see if this says this article says what the men's game peaked at doesn't say um but by far the most interesting and most watched um women's tournament and may in that you've really all you had caitlin clark is the top player probably the most recognizable player um an lsu team that was all around very good but didn't really have like a superstar in the same way that caitlin clark is maybe outside of their coach um so i don't know i i was I'm not surprised by this. I feel like this steam, this snowball has been rolling and we finally hit that. It's a very large snowball. And I think this is here to stay type thing. Yeah. I think it'll, we talked about ratings earlier. I think what the ratings and interest show that this game's going to be on primetime next year. Right. I mean, yeah. it, it, I mean, that that's, that's where those things matter. Like it was, that's where it should be. It should be on, on ABC prime time. I don't know what else other networks had against it on, not against it, but what kind of program against on Sunday night or why you wouldn't put it there on Sunday night if you're ABC, I forget what else they had. Um, yeah. LSU is a, a big name brand school. Um, you know, their coach has won national championships and now one of a different school. Um, and, and I'm not surprised. I guess the thing from the broadcast the national championship that surprised me was their emphasis on this is only her second year at LSU. Well, okay. I mean, I, I, I fully expected her to be in a final four when she made the move. Like, I mean, and I didn't have a time frame on it. It wouldn't surprise me if it was in her first year. It's a great school, lots of money, good resources. She, it's home for her. She's a proven winner. Like, I guess I wasn't shocked that LSU was there in year two. Um, this kind of relates back to the Penn State basketball conversation. Like, there's no more excuse for that. I don't, less of an excuse for that now with the portal. And I think right. it's fascinating to see it play out. Like you very much saw it play out. Angel Reese is, was originally started at Maryland is actually from down the, my way. Um, so, you know, there's less of an excuse for a coach like that um, to kind of come up with that uh, type thing. I, you know, those types of performances. I do think there is still a lot of disparity between average women's basketball teams and good women's basketball teams. Like I, I think you see that in the tournament with very limited upsets more so than maybe lately this last few years, but in general, it's, it's relatively chalk for the first, maybe two rounds. Um, you might get an upset here or there, but um, yeah, I, I, um, I don't know. I, I thought, I think like, you and I are now sitting here having a conversation about women's basketball. And I think that's, that shows not that we wouldn't before, but that shows how much. Like, oh, no, I mean, it's not changed. The father of two daughters and, and, and having covered the lady lines to the final four in, in 2000, 
like women's basketball is, is a good sport when the teams are evenly matched it, it it's good basketball that that difference between the really good teams the elite teams and the really good teams is still is still pretty steep um and i think media wise my takeaway from the final four with the angel reese and caitlin clark stuff was i i think the media was was lazy and took some easy storylines and, and i think that the players i think angel reese I, I guess i don't know i mean i don't know where whatever this, the academy high school is that she went to i think the i'm from the hood storyline feels more like storyline than actual truth but maybe i'm wrong um it just i felt i felt there was some some lazy um stereotypical stuff for, yeah. for, for, for that play for that stuff to play out like like angel reese wasn't off the hook until caitlin clark said it's okay i don't i don't have it like i thought that was you know every part of that story was checking a box on stereotypical lazy racist sports journalism and, and i felt bad for that for the, I, for the industry no i agree there like i i think that's kind of maybe how it got spun and i think probably some of that is just because it was race like it was a a, a a black woman doing it to a white woman and and even though the white woman had done it before like uh, to me like i think it's unfortunate that we just had the most talked about women's basketball final and this is kind of like overcrowding it and i don't think that like angel reese had every right to go do that like it great like if you want to trash talk great like that you make the you're making the sport more interesting you're making it more fun by doing that obviously there's a line but she was certainly was no nowhere near it um right. so I, I don't know i think i thought that was I, I agree with you on that like it just felt like it was lazy and made into a story that really probably i don't think this would be a story in the men's game no, it was it's just driven. It was driven by social media. It was driven by race, which is a shame. Because if it would have been two black kids or two white kids, either way, like, okay, they're just talking, right? Yeah. And, and I, you know, Caitlin Clark was talking smack, and guess what? She didn't play as well in the championship game. She played out of her mind in that national semifinal. Like, good lord, you know, forty-one points and eight assists. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But you know, you talk smack. Sometimes it comes back to bite you in the backside, and it just did. And that's okay. Like that's, that's just how it goes when in, in sports. Um, no, I agree with that a hundred percent. I, uh, Angel Reese won. You won the national title. You, you could do as much smacking talking as you want to like, go ahead. Rub it in exactly. my face. Yeah. Yep. Um, okay. All right. Let's get to, let's get to the, the wrestling topic. Um, Endeavor sports. Uh, I believe that's how it's pronounced. Uh, they have purchased the, Right, I, I guess rights probably isn't the. They have basically purchased WWE. Right. Um, Steve, I'm not a wrestling guy. Never really been a wrestling guy. I am fascinated by this though. Like, are we gonna see Conor McGregor? I don't. I don't know if Conor McGregor is still fighting UFC, but are we gonna see him in the ring more often? My first thought about all of this went to Ronda Rousey. Like, like I kind of have to chuckle if you're Ronda Rousey, like she left very famously left you, you uh, UFC to go to the WWE. Right. Um, does it do anything for me? No, not really. I don't really. Care. Yeah. I, I, I think to me, it's a, it's a business sports business story an entertainment sports business story, right? Because between UFC and, and WWE, they have, they have deals with their programming to show up on ESPN and Fox and NBC 
right? So, and how they produce and share events um, draws crowds and influences how other sports activate, or maybe draws from how other sports activate too, right? It's it's both. They're not the only one who, who you know, pushes the pushes the envelope or does interesting things. Um, but it's, I mean, uh, there's a boatload of money to be had. I mean, you know, WrestleMania this weekend made 21.6 million on gate revenue alone. So people are spending money in this sports-related predetermined outcome stuff, right? Um, and, and I think that's the funny, I mean, to me, that's the interesting thing is, is just the business of it. Like, it's almost confusing. It's almost, you know, meta in that way of like, oh, we're talking about this and this, like everything's so well. You know, when they do interviews with these people or talk about um, what happened, like, are they talking as the character? Are they talking as a person? Like, it's it's almost fascinating to watch from that standpoint. But to me, it's newsworthy just because it's it's programming. I mean, and, and it gets hits and interests and 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 you know, if you if we saw clicks for what ESPN has or somebody else does online, you would probably be shocked by the amount of stuff, the amount of traffic that the WWE stuff. Oh, yeah, sure. I'm plus, sure. plus, you know, my other hat, like we have some alums who work there and produce their content. So that's always interesting to me, too. So I don't have anything else to add. Sorry. It's all good. Okay. You feel good? Do you get all that out of your system? Uh, it's a, there you go. Okay. Cleanse. Are you, are you, you're a wrestling guy? Like you used to watch or no? Yeah. When I was younger. And then when, again, I think I've talked before when I was in Pittsburgh, I would do the entertainment story, like when the, when the right, Civic Arena right. was sold out they were great people to deal with like they were there was no bs that was you know kind of fun to deal with so i'm intrigued by that aspect and even a little bit of the storyline stuff times how they do it like there was supposed to be a title change this past weekend didn't happen because they're making money at the gate with the current champ and i think they're afraid to change that and they're going to keep making money doing what they're doing and and push some stuff off so it's just it's just interesting to watch. So I just never could get into it. Yeah. All right. This week's old guy, young guy. We got some feedback on our last week's old guy, young guy. So Uh-oh. I think this is a good old guy, young guy in terms of you might have an opinion. I, I might have an opinion. Uh-oh. Steve, you brought it up. Easter baskets. What is what is your take on Easter baskets? I think they're great, right? Like they've always been like when I was young, Easter baskets were a thing, right? Like you had to go find them. You had to go do whatever. Um, I'm sure our girls searched every year for every year that they were around. And if, who are we seeing Sunday? I think we're seeing only one of them Sunday, but I'm sure there will be a gift of sorts that constitutes an Easter basket. And there might even be an Easter egg hunt with the folks that are your age and eggs and little candies and pieces of paper that can be redeemed for gifts and or money. So, you know. Okay. Samsung household sounds like they do it. They do Easter, Easter gifts or Easter. Driven largely, driven, driven largely by the smartest person in the house. That would be Susan, but yes. Okay. okay. What um, about you? It's funny. Cause like we don't really do Easter stuff anymore, but growing up loved Easter used to like Easter was the best because you got, you usually got two things. You got one of those foam styrofoam airplanes that were very mm-hmm. large and that would fall apart anytime you would go like that with them. Um, and then also meant that you would get a new wiffle ball, ball bat set usually. Okay. Um, that's good. So yes, yeah, so I'm a big fan of Easter baskets. Um, I want to know, are you like, 
I, I, do you want regular candy or do you want like the Easter theme candy? Like, do you want like, like I'm thinking of one thing and one thing only right now. And that is a, the, one of the giant chocolate eggs, peanut butter eggs, peanut butter chocolate eggs, yeah. from Gardner's candy that are yep. quite literally the size of my head. Yeah. I think Sam's waiting for one of those too. Okay. Um, and I told Susan, I'm like, we could make those. No, because you know I mean? that you, was, you could, but it's not going to taste the same. Well, I don't know that I've, well, I don't know that I ever had a real one. Like, cause my grandmother made them like, on okay. the, like on the dairy farm where she was at, like we would go to her house and there would be like the, the whole countertop would be filled with peanut butter and coconut cream eggs. And that's what she did. Right. And that's what we got. And my mom made them for years. We might've tried them once or twice. And then we were like, okay, it was garbage. Right. Like we'll be okay. Um, so yeah, no, that's, that's, yeah. If you don't have that, I really don't want anything else. Okay. You know? then, I want the and, big ones. You got a slice and they last like a week and a half. Right. Like, you, oh you, yeah, yeah. 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 Those ones are the, that's the only way to do it. Like that's, nothing that's and I, I my favorite hobby of course at easter time is putting marshmallow peeps into the microwave the the <laughs> subtle joy that that brings me and if you've never done it which I, i'm sure you I have i think i've seen it done once but i, I made one surprise we just we didn't have as many peeps um our best easter story was actually a dog story like when the kids were young we went to see my parents and we went we went to church with the kids put the dog in the hallway with a puppy gate you know child gate up in the on the hallway so he couldn't get out and get into, into the house we come back and he's like sleeping in the back room. And we're like, oh my gosh, that's so great. You're such a good dog. And of course you went first to him because it's all about the dog. We came back out, we looked and all the Easter baskets were destroyed. <laughs> like he had eaten every little thing and hopped back over the fence and went back and laid down. That's so impressive. smarter than us and full of chocolate mm, in his tummy. Good, good for him. Good for him. Exactly. All right. Anything else? Nope. Okay. Happy Easter. I'm going to cut the grass this week, Steve. I'm excited. Have you cut your grass yet? Not yet, but coming soon. Maybe okay. next week. Yeah, that's where uh, I think I'm going to do it this week. Um, anyways, in the meantime, uh, we have a podcast. You just listen. Actually, hold on. Wait. I got to think about how I do this now. Uh, we have a YouTube channel. You're watching. If you're watching us on YouTube, if you're, you're watching it, please hit that subscribe button. I think it's maybe in this direction or if like kind of over down there Steve, somewhere. Yeah. Some Steve point down. There you go. Somewhere down there is a okay. subscribe button. Yeah. Somewhere in that general area. Um, that we really appreciate that. Uh, we have a newsletter. Uh, you can sign up at our blog, which is stuffsummersays.com. Uh, there's a ton of buttons that you can click to sign How up. How often for does it. the newsletter come out? The newsletter is coming out right now, roughly once a month. We have one okay. planned for probably next within the next two weeks related to blue white. Um, as we get closer to football season, Steve, great question. Uh, we will, we will start pumping those out probably more often. Well, I kind of so. want to know too, because if I have to send anything, I was kind of, okay. yeah, that's, fine. that's okay. fine. Um, Hey, I shared the content calendar with you. Okay. It's all color okay. coordinated and everything. Um, and let's see. So we have the newsletter. We have a blog, which I mentioned. We have emails. My email is Darian at stuffsummersays.com. Steve, you have an email. My email is steve at stuffsummersays.com. Two the weeks in a row for that, baby. That proud of you. The podcast also has an email, podcast at stuffsummersays.com. Um, I, I think there might be some other emails floating out there, but I, I, don't, I think I got all of those. Lastly, we have Twitter handles. Mine is at stuffsummersays. Yours is? At Steve Samsel. Cool. Uh, other than that, Thumbs up, five stars, all that on the podcast. We appreciate you listening. Appreciate you watching. Uh, appreciate all the feedback we've been getting lately. Getting a lot more feedback lately, and I think I think I know why because we started, you know, actually trying a little bit harder, and it's it's working. <laughs> so imagine that. Imagine that. 
this is only right. week two of video, so maybe we'll have it figured out for you. Oh, soon. yeah. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. So, all right. Goodbye. See you.